What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode 34 of season 5. My name is Jim Icavone, and I'm joined by the one and only Jack Smith and boy wonder Travis Ballinghoff. Before we get to tonight's topics, if you're watching live on YouTube, please be sure to hit that subscribe button and set alerts for future shows. If you're listening as a podcast, make sure to listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to future shows uh, as they become uh, and as they become available, you'll get them as soon as we upload them. Uh, find all of our social media links in one place at hoo.be forward slash hockey, or just head on over to our site, hwhockey.net. Uh, all right, boys, topics galore tonight. We're just about a week off from the Provorov trade, uh, and we're absolutely going to talk about that. Uh, we've had some time to digest it. Uh, we're going to also touch on what's happening with Carter Hart. Uh, Lawton Konechny, Sanheim rumors, Valerie Camilla will be leaving the Flyers, uh, and who might the Flyers have their eyes on with picks number 7 and 22 in the NHL entry draft. Uh, I think first and foremost, let's just get Val out of the way, right? Because I'll be honest, I, I hate talking about the business side of things. Like It should be backseat to Flyers news, so... Let's kind of just get it out of the way for the sake of getting it out of the way, right? Um, news came out today that she's leaving the Flyers effective July 1st. Uh, Valerie was the president of Flyers Business Operations and was famous, at least around the HW parts, for saying what, Jack? Flyers fans will just have to get used to it. <laughs> Outsider saying that. Gotta Whoops. love it. Gotta and- love it. You know, uh, we don't know what happened. I didn't care. To, I didn't care enough to ask around. I'm not sure if, if if you guys asked around to find out what happened. Did you guys hear anything? No, sir. Yeah, so it was just like, all right, cool, and like another one bites the dust kind of thing. Um, I'd seen on Twitter. Uh, so uh, when this kind of stuff happens, um, where majority is in favor of something like this, I look for, um, you know, different perspective tweets. And there was one out there that said something like, uh, you know, she was, oh, she was passed over by another man. Uh, and then in the tweet thread, it said something like she did a hell of a job souping up the Wells Fargo Center. All right. So, you know, dressing up the Wells Fargo Center, I guess, qualifies you to uh, be able to run a, a hockey team, hockey ops manager, president, whatever. That's At least that's how I took it. Um, so it's a little weird, you know, I, not too many people were um, against it, but I just thought that that was a weird take out there. So any final thoughts, anything you guys want to chime in on Valerie Camillo before we get to the juicy stuff? Uh, I guess I'll just add that, like, I, I am a little curious what the hell happened if, you know, someone else scooped her up just because, you know, we saw that press conference with everybody a couple of weeks ago when they uh, announced Danny B and Jonesy and, I, this just kind of threw me off. Like I was just not expecting this. It all seemed like we had this big team going and everybody was on board. And then she just jumped ship out of nowhere. I am curious what the heck happened, but I don't know. I guess it's also kind of like, who cares? <laughs> Maybe we'll find out soon enough. Uh, it sounded like Ann Sanfilippo was, you know, was, was on that story. I think he broke it today. So I would assume that we hear, you know, more details in the coming days and weeks, whatever. So, um, yeah, good luck uh, or good riddance or however you want to look at it for Valerie Camillo. Um, You know, thanks for the milkshakes, I guess, right? So (laughs) (laughs) we'll move on a little bit here. So the big news of last week, 
Ivan Provorov was traded from the Philadelphia Flyers to the Columbus Blue Jackets in a three-way deal with the Los Angeles Kings uh, the, as being the third team. Uh, so I, Provorov was traded for uh, Cal Peterson, who is in essence a, a cap dump or potentially reclamation project, however you want to look at this. I'm looking at it as cap dump. I uh, signed for two more years, $5 million apiece. Uh, defenseman Sean Walker who's got one year left on his deal, making $2.65 million. The 22nd overall pick, a 2024-2 from the Los Angeles Kings, and a 2024-2 uh, from the Columbus Blue Jackets, with condition that Columbus needs to decide after the first round of 2024 whether that pick's going to be for 2024 or 2025. So, uh, yeah, that's the haul, and I want to hear from you guys. Jack, what did you think about this trade? Danny Breer's first trade as GM of the Philadelphia Flyers. He asked me four months ago, I, I would not have thought this would have been the first guy out of Philly. Yeah. But you asked me a month ago, I'm not surprised at all. And uh, after everything, how his season went, how everything went down with him, um, I'm surprised they got what they got, honestly. I think most people are, to be honest. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, to get a first-round pick, two seconds, um, even the piece, the physical pieces we got, and um, I think Sean Walker was the defenseman, like some people are saying he can be flipped at the deadline, depending on how his season goes. Uh, you, you mentioned the goaltender and that, that makes sense too. Obvious cap, cap jump dump, but you never know. Um, and then that prospect, you didn't bring him up. Jimmy got me all hyped about him. Uh, oh my God. I forgot about Helga Granz. My yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I liked the trade when I first read it. And then when that piece got added, it was like, wow, that's like another second round pick. I think he was like the 35th overall of 2020. It's almost a first rounder at that point. Like that he just that's just a toss in. Like, okay, like that's great. I'll take that. Man. And you um, know, you get the Kings to eat that money, not us for Proveroff. And you know, I mean, you I can't see how you could do a lot better considering the circumstances. Yeah. So I don't know. I forgot that. Grom's really put that trade <laughs> over the top for me because He's, he's a guy, I mean, not that you don't know what's out there with picks 7 and 22 because we like this draft a lot, right? But Grons, I think, is a guy we talked about back in 2020. I think that theory was drafted when I think we started up our own little HW prospect show on guys like uh, who we've recently had on, Marco Diamico, uh, Alex Appleyard, who's very popular amongst Philadelphia Flyers Twitter. They talked this kid up big time, Helga Grons. And uh, I think we talked um, – I forget when we talked last, but uh, Bill Meltzer was comparing him physically to a Phil Myers. And we know that Phil Myers was very athletically gifted. Um, but I think the difference between Granz and Phil Myers was Myers was undrafted free agent signing, meaning, you know, 31, 30 teams passed over him seven times in the NHL draft. And Granz was almost a first round pick. Uh, so we'll see. He was buried pretty deep down there in, in LA. They had a uh, covered full of, you know, good right wing, uh, good right side defensemen. And uh, so we'll see. Maybe he wasn't going to get a shot out there. He instantly becomes one of the Flyers' best right-handed defensemen prospects, along with Ronnie Adderd and um, Ethan Sampson. Uh, so I love that. That was the cherry on top for me. Like that, seeing the deal as it was before I knew that was like, all right, well, you know, three draft picks, that's cool. Hearing that they got a top prospect, in my opinion, I, th I thought that was awesome. You got it. You got everything. Uh, Trav, I want to know what you thought about this huge trade. I mean, you, I don't know if we could see you. you you've seen Provorov more than most 
of the common folk out there. I mean, what did this trade mean to you? How did you feel about this? I was jacked up. And you know what? It's funny. It, it kind of feels like, I don't know if you guys agree. It feels like this trade was made like a couple weeks ago. I, I, I have a hard time like realizing we haven't even recorded since the trade happened. But yeah. I think the thing that sticks out to me is like how creative Danny B got. You know, he got a third team involved. Uh, there's salary retention involved. There's draft picks. You know, you're getting Hayden Hodgson and you're getting some contracts off the book. We've been stuck at this 50 contract limit. We heard about it all season. Get a couple guys off that we don't need. Um, you're willing to take on cap dumps. And I think that you should be really looking to do that in almost every trade you make because that's just going to help you get better picks and better prospects coming back your way in the trade. Um, I'm stoked. As for the Provorov as a player, I mean, we kind of got to be honest with ourselves. He has not played well the last three years. And I'll be honest, I think he gets back to a really good player. I'm not sure if we ever see him become the player that he was in 17, 18, and 19, 20. Um, but we know how Mike Babcock likes his left-handed defenseman, so maybe he can work some magic there. I actually heard a pretty interesting thing on 32 Thoughts that Mike Babcock actually wanted him drafted over Mitch Marner when he was in Toronto. I so he, see something about that. He's yeah. been very high on him for a long time, it seems. Um I don't know. Like we talk about Provorov, the player, it's just things got so frustrating. Like we know the work ethics that's there, but there's obviously some character issues going on there when multiple different outlets have reported that his teammate there's, you know, he wasn't the most popular guy in the locker room. A lot of his teammates didn't like him. Stuff like that kind of rubs me the wrong way. Um, on the ice. I mean, we've all seen it bobbling pucks on the power play rush go back the other way very aggressive trying to limit entries and guys just blow right past them or he's skating the puck up the ice and the, the puck just slips off his stick like he just became such a frustrating player and I, I just think it was time to move on from every side i just want to add another aspect to this i agree with everything travis said his attitude also became real piss poor too to just so openly I just could not. I can't stand players who don't want to be here. I really can't do that. Just, and like the the entitlement as well. Like we also heard yeah. different outlets saying like he thought he should have been quarterback in the number one power play. And it, it's like kind of what I just said. Like how many times do you see someone pass him the puck uh, low to high and he just bobbles the puck and it goes out of um, out of the zone? Like it, <laughs> you didn't deserve to be on the power play. Tony D'Angelo, Cam York, very good power play quarterbacks in my mind. You had no business being there, and then I guess that rubbed him the wrong way. Like, is he going to play over Wierenski on the power play? I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll see how that goes over there. But yeah, the the entitlement really stuck out to me as well. I'm kind of glad that's gone. That's what irked me. But the the other aspect of it was I think we were all pretty curious what Briere's first trade was going to be and what it was going to look like. And I can walk away from this saying, wow, damn, he traded a hell of a player for his first trade, and he did good. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's fantastic. Like, we are on the right ship going forward. It's a good first sign. I'll definitely take that. So, fantastic in that regards. Can't wait for the next. I don't care who it is. Can't wait for the next one. See who gets. <laughs> I love that right there. Um, Even, like, seeing without, like, who we're going to bring in this offseason, like – I, I doubt we're going to bring in any big names unless it's a cap dump, right? But 
Um, like, even if they don't add anybody, I think the power play is going to get better just because you look at him and you look at Hayes, and they both have, like, this very unique quality of, like, being able to slow the game down. Like, not a lot of guys can do that. I think a problem with both of them, though, is, like, they did it at the wrong times. Like, when I'm looking at a power play, I like quick passes, and I like that puck's on your stick. You know exactly what you're going to do with it. I like movement. Them guys would just hold on to it, wait for the perfect play. Perfect play wasn't there. Turnover, rush is going back the other way. So I think the power play is going to improve just by Kevin Hayes and Ivan Provorov not being on the team. <laughs> I think that's very fair to say. Yeah, uh, yeah hell of a trade from Briere, first trade. Um, it's kind of predicting or attempting to predict a couple months ago. You know, I, I had a feeling his first trade would be a big bang trade. And I thought it needed to be to get people excited. Like, hey, like this is what we're doing. Like, this is for real. It's not just going to be status quo. We're not going to trade, uh, you know, a third line. We're not going to trade a third line guy for, you know, a fourth round pick and whatever. It's going to be something big. And uh, all we've heard since is rumors, rumors, rumors. All the, you know, all flyer big names are available. And uh, I think it has fans a little giddy again. You know, this is what the fans have, I think, majority i've been kind of calling for for the last i don't know three four years now just tear it down rebuild and sounds like you know i mean it looks like because it sounded like before this like they weren't going to do that uh but if the Provorov trade is any indication i mean you're retaining uh i mean you're taking on capped on players you're you're returning uh three draft picks you're getting a prospect and uh you know and i think you know a guy like sean walker who's uh, a very capable player. You can plug him into your lineup right away and trade him at the deadline for even more uh, potential assets next season. So I think that trade, I mean, I don't normally like to give out grades guys because I just feel like I'm not, I just feel not qualified to give grades, but I got to give it an A plus like wowed me like from uh, every perspective, this, this trade. I mean, I, I think the only thing that you could say, Oh, well, you know, Cal Peterson would be nice. If we didn't have to take him on. But they got extra picks for taking them on, I think, right? That second-round pick from uh, Los Angeles. They retained 30% on Provorov's deal. for That was more for Columbus. But, you know, it still made the trade work. Helga Grounds. Uh, Helga Grounds. I mean, what what do you guys give Danny Briere's first uh, trade, Trev? A+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> A+. Plus. Jack, and, what do you think? You want to say something, Trev, before I can move on? Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it quick. But, like, a lot of people – national around the league are like really shitting on Columbus for making that trade. So I was listening to a Columbus blue jackets podcast today. It was uh, not a podcast. It was a Twitter live off of the Columbus blue jackets account. And I guess the Columbus blue jackets radio guy was running it. And I don't know if it was intentional or not, but I, the main topics were Damon Severson and Mike Babcock. And uh, I requested to speak and they called on me. So I asked about Ivan Provorov and if they were excited to have a guy like Provorov and how they felt about giving up the picks that they did for Provorov. And got to tell you, I was not convinced uh, of the supposed excitement in this person's voice. It was almost like he had to um, make, he had to make it up. If it felt like a little, he had to convince himself why he should have been excited for Provorov. I just don't think they knew too much about him. I mean, the average hockey fan, when you go back and when you go look at trades, what's the first thing that you do when you say, Oh, uh, Ivan Provorov's coming over. Haven't watched him much. You go to look at his stats, right? Um, Ivan Provorov's stats, not great. 
big time negatives, uh, like minus 20s the last couple of years defensively. Points aren't up. What are you supposed to be excited about for Ivan Provov? I don't know. So it's like okay. you get you give up that many assets for a guy who hasn't played well for three years. And yeah. I like I said, I, I do think he's gonna rebound to an extent, but like you gave up a lot of assets for a guy who hasn't been good for the last three years. Well, I think you guys are saying like exactly how I feel. It seems like the team management coaching, they know the player, they want the player, but from a fan's perspective, when you look up stats and then if you type his name in, one of the first things that comes up is the whole gay pride thing. Like, like there is what is redeeming about this guy. Like right. It does not look good. So, and then you think about what they gave up and it's like, this is this, we're going all in with this. So I, I, can understand the perspective from the fan. It's kind of funny to see, but it just adds to the fire. Like, I cannot believe they got what they got for him. Well, factor in they, you know, rumors, the rumors were, and you could all but confirm them, but he didn't want to be here. He did not want to be in Philadelphia. And to get what you got for a guy who didn't want to be somewhere, outstanding haul. Um, I should also mention on, on this Blue Jackets podcast, Apparently they were always going to trade pick 22. I think they were in on Chikrin and they, they couldn't get him. So they were looking for, okay, what's plan B. And apparently that was Ivan Provorov. So big win for Danny Briere. That had to be, you're right, Trev. That had to be talked about for, or, or was it Jack? Who said that it had to be talked about for, for weeks now, because that's not a trade that happens overnight there. Um, yeah. So yeah, all in all, uh, I think uh, Jack, you're giving an A plus as well. Only because, I usually save A pluses for a complete one-sided shellacking, but because this was Briere's first trade, I'm going to give it an A plus. We'll make an exception. Yeah, we have Jay Grabby on here. Big win for Danny. Absolutely. I mean, you want to you want to change morale and get fans on your side right away, and every fan because you know there are fans out there who weren't who weren't fans of Provorovs for you know the like you mentioned Jack the Pride stuff. So, and then there are fans. Uh, I, I liked Ivan Provorov as, as a hockey player. I thought he could have been better. Uh, I, I was coming up with excuses for why he wasn't better. Um, and I, I'm extremely happy with the return. I don't want to say I'm the, be- I'm the biggest Ivan Provorov fan out there, but I like the guy. And so to get a return like that was phenomenal, outstanding. Um, all right, let's check out our next topic here, boys. Do you have anything else you wanted to touch on before we wrap up on that, on that topic? Going once, going twice. I, I guess I'll just finish with because you know how I felt about Pre, uh, Provorov. What an absolute sign of failure from yeah. the, the previous regime. Like I was stoked when they signed, when they drafted him. Absolutely stoked. Yeah, and what cool. an end. What a nightmare <laughs> in retrospect. But at least there's a little light right now. But geez, what an end. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So uh, let's kind of move along here. So immediately after the Ivan Provorov trade went down. It was Carter Hart's name that popped up. Is Carter Hart going to be dealt? You know, it's like big time rumors. Like he's next, like it's going down. Uh, And then slowly, uh, you know, we heard, uh, we got uh, messages or we were told, hey, things are not imminent. There's a lot of teams calling on them. There are trades being worked on, but a trade is not imminent. May not happen today. Uh, Fast forward a couple days later, you find out why things kind of cooled down. Um, it's become apparent. I think multiple sources have confirmed that he will not be moved until his name is cleared, unless there's a team out there willing to take a chance. But teams backed off 
uh, from looking to trade for Carter Hart. I'm assuming that potentially maybe they were trying to get him at a discount, you know, because if there is going to be a suspension, let's say 20 games, 10 games, something like that, does that hurt Carter Hart's value? Or, you know, does it make him cheaper? Like if you're looking to get rid of this guy, well, he's going to be suspended. So, you know, instead of giving you a first, for example, we'll give you a second. If you're the Flyers, obviously you're not doing that. Um, so I want to know from you guys, I mean, th- does this all kind of make sense to you? Have you guys heard anything else? Let's start with Trav on this one. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, I guess I was kind of surprised that his name started coming up so quickly. And, like, I think we all kind of thought, you know, just scrolling on Twitter, he was going to get traded that day. Yeah. And that kind of surprised me just because all we've heard for months is that no player who was on that Team Canada team was going to get traded or moved or anything like that until the whole – search not search investigations over and everyone's cleared or whatever the heck's going to happen so i i was surprised in that extent i don't know about you guys i mean yeah i mean the first thing that got me was briere just made this big deal it was it was one of the first players i could see going although we had heard so much about hayes i thought that might be the first deal and then the next player he's it's ready to go is carter hart i'm like oh my god what balls that, I mean, you just want all this, you know, good rapport with the fan base, and you might accidentally spend it if, depending on your return here, that's a ballsy move. I'm gonna turn around, and trade hard. Like Jesus Christ, that's your next target. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure the market was good. Don't get me wrong, but I was really, I'm still really curious to see what he, who he was talking to, and what he was looking at uh, before everything happened. And it's, unfo- it's an unfortunate situation. It's kind of annoying. I thought we were past this, but it is what it is. I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, uh, yeah I feel like I'm, I got a cliffhanger here for two different things. Part with this investigation and what the hell that trade was going to be. <laughs> so maybe you guys can help me out a little bit, a little bit here because I have a short memory. But I remember hearing that Toronto was a team in on them pretty, pretty big. I have to go through my texts here. I heard pretty much can every Canadian team. To <laughs> yeah, seriously, and, and I think I even heard a rumor. I, Rumor, please emphasize rumor that he he only wants to go to a Canadian team. I don't know if there's anything to that, but okay. um, it was odd that like pretty much every Canadian team was interested. Um, trying to think of an American, I'm sure there's at least one, but LA, there LA's you go, LA. Well, they had moved so much money around, I wasn't sure where they were at realistically. And but yeah, like I don't know, I, I it's a cliffhanger right now. So I had heard, for some reason, I had heard Montreal was hot on Carter Hart, and I checked with our Montreal source, uh, Marco, once again. He's just amazing. You could ask him anything. He's got the answer just like that. Uh, He didn't think there was much smoke to that potential fire because he had mentioned Montreal actually came out and said that they're going to roll with Montembeau. I don't know how much of that is, you know, Montreal just, you know, trying to, kick people off the trail or what but if you i mean if you have to choose carter hart or montembeau yeah. obviously you're going to go carter hart but the flip side of that is montreal ready to turn things around do they want to give up assets for a goalie i mean who could be potentially the next coming of Carey price uh, i think the great i think the fit is great for him in montreal okay yeah i, see that. I, I mean, mean expand I on that a little the, i can see where the dots were connected in that regards for that <sighs> Yeah, I mean, he's only 24. I don't know where you think Montreal is in their 
rebuild, rebuild, retool, rebuild. But like hard is 24 and you know, he, you, the ties are there. So, I mean, I could see, I don't know what the return would be. That'd be interesting. Um, but um, yeah, the fit is definitely there. I mean, I can like, see look, it for almost every Canadian team. Look, look at the, the age and the core Suzuki Caulfield, Slavkovsky, uh, if not, another team was good with Hart and Caulfield, <laughs> I would be done. I, be <laughs> so I'm looking at their draft picks on cap friendly. Now the, the Canadians have two first round picks in the 2023 draft. One of them being the Florida Panthers. So that's automatically what the 31st or 32nd pick looking like 31st, potentially uh, they have three picks in the fourth round, two picks in the fifth round. Um, Next year, they're a little tight on picks through the first four rounds. They have two picks uh, in the first round in 2025. Um, one of them is a condition. So, I mean, the point being, there are things to work with there. Prospect-wise, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure what Montreal has. I haven't really gone through their prospects. I think they have some good guys down there, though. Uh, Massar, who they drafted last year. Uh, They've been drafting at the top of the draft for a little yeah. bit now, so they should have some good prospects. Yep, center prospect Owen Beck. Uh, yeah, they got a couple guys. Uh, Jan Misak is on my dynasty team. <laughs> Pronounced Misak, spelled my sack. Okay, guys. So, <laughs> oh, I right. my sack. yeah, remember him? <laughs> now your sack. Yeah, now my sack, your sack. Uh, the other way around. Okay. Uh, point being, so Montreal does have a couple prospects down there that, you know, maybe would entice Briere, but uh, I would assume he wants uh, some draft picks. So, We'll see. We'll see what happens on Hart. Let's get to some of the uh, more recent stuff here because it's just been constant now. Like the Flyers are just coming out with stuff every other day. Uh, what's come out recently here? Scotty Lawton. Scotty Lawton is the real, I, I think. So out of, you know, Lawton, Konechny, potentially Sandheim, Lawton's been the one that's felt most real, right? And uh, Jack, you want to take this one a little bit? Oh, man. Am I torn on something right here? First mm -hmm. off, you want me to go back to a good thing Fletcher did? Because I remember there was a lot of heat at the time, and I thought it was stupid, was re-signing uh, Lawton. And this was the exact reason why. This is a very tradable contract. I think Lawton's got better than I expected him to since that deal. However, it was still a good deal at the time, and here we are reaping the benefits of potentially trading it or using it to break Because you can't go barren and, and be losing terribly and bring the kids in and have them. You got to have somebody to kind of ease our process in. And Lawton's like the perfect guy for that. Uh, however, he's also the like perfect final piece for a team who's trying to get over the top with their bottom six. So that's where the, the where I'm conf confused. I, I don't know. I, I, I heard first round pick for Lawton. I was like, yes, <laughs> two years ago, you freaked out. Are you kidding me? So like, but now I understand what they're talking about. However, I still lean draft capital at the end of the day. They're, they got a lot of contracts. They're going to be stuck with a lot of guys, not Scotty Lawton guys, but I'm sorry. I, I don't know what else they're trying to get. I know that there's a player being, what was it? Nick Robertson. Yep. Yeah. Being added in. I don't know if that's, that's what puts me over the edge, but I was kind of already ready to move on. I know a lot of people are going to hate that because they love Lawton, but. That, that kind of draft capital is is almost too much for me to, to bear. What are your th uh, thoughts on that, Trav? Because I, I had seen Toronto as well, and, you know, you hear potentially, if it is a first-round pick and uh, a Nick Robertson, 
Uh, does that do anything for you? Obviously, the first-round pick is enticing. It's Boston's first-round pick this year, and they bailed out in the first round. Nick Robertson do much for you? Uh, I used to really like him. I'm not nearly as high on him as I was a couple years ago. Just He's gotten NHL games, and he's never really been able to make the most of it. Now, potential change of scenery guy? Like, yes, I'm definitely interested. Is he going to turn out to be this really good top six player that I thought he was going to be a couple years ago? Not as high on him as I used to be. Just for Lawton, like, as a guy, he's my favorite on the team. As a player, he's my favorite on the team besides TK. So as a fan and just like kind of as a friend of Lawton, like when I saw when I saw Elliot on Saturday night say that, like real kick in the dick, I'll be honest. I, I don't want to see him go, but I, I've said multiple times, like I want as many first round picks as you can get this year. And it, go, but it it is really enticing if if you can get a first in a Nick Robertson. So I understand it. Um I still don't know if I would do it just because I, I feel like you need good veterans in a locker room during a rebuild to help teach these young guys the way, or, you know, you're just going to kind of end up like the Buffalo Sabres and the Edmonton Oilers, just 10 years of piss poor. You're trying to get out of your rebuild and you keep getting right back into it because you can't develop anybody. So like, I, I really lean towards keeping Lawton for many reasons but man, I mean that that price is enticing. Like I, I wouldn't be mad at Danny if that's what it came down to. Yeah, that's um, you know, first round pick is a first round pick. Uh, it'd be right around the twenty range, I think, right? Like twenty, right around where they already have a pick. So here's my thoughts, right? Like Nick Robertson, fine. Like they they traded for Owen Tippett, who ha- always had the skill, maybe never had the opportunity in Florida. I see him as somewhat of a reclamation project personally. I, I don't know if that's, you know, everyone's perspective. Uh, I don't think there's right or wrong. But, you know, if, you, if you're going to trade <coughs> for Nick Robertson, yeah, why not? I mean, what do you got to lose? You're going through a rebuild. Uh, let's face it, Scott Lawton is not a Claude Giroux. But I think where the, the Flyers will miss him is he's he's a glue guy. You know, he's the basically he's the captain of the team. The Flyers have mentioned that. They want him to be the guy the young guys go to as they go through this rebuild. Excuse me a second. Um, I had something. I could, My throat was really dry there. So, um, <laughs> When you're on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> Toss me a water bottle. Yeah. Um, Let me get the smelling salts. Hang on. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, I don't think I would be upset with uh, first-round pick and, and Nick Robertson. Um because I'd be interested what they would do with that first round pick. Now you have two late firsts. You package them and, and move up. Maybe I mean, anybody's going to do it. It's going to be Briere the way he's been talking. Yeah. yeah. Same time they turned it down too, allegedly. So like, are man, you ever going to get more than that for Scott Lawton? Let me ask you that. Oh, geez. I don't think so. Right. I, I lean towards no, but I mean, he's 29 and he continues to get better. Yeah. every single year so like i i don't really want to doubt it i know that's yeah i know right oh, man that's tough i mean this is peak value could you ever imagine this before like my god first round pick for lawton and plus 
<laughs> Especially in this draft. In this draft, and it would be what? the right, Boston lost in the first round. So, like, it's what? Where, where would that pick be? I don't know. Let me, let me uh, just look that up for you real quick. While, um, while you look, I actually heard, and they don't have a first-round pick this year, but I heard Edmonton really likes Noah Cates. Oh, no. He, no. I – and I, I doubt he gets moved, but like I, I heard a first next year, Edmonton's what? first for next year for Noah Cates. Wow. And wow. I mean, you look, he was a, a fifth round pick, right? I mean, that's, that's that, not, that, yeah. speak, that speaks volumes. And it's kind of funny. Like they saw firsthand, he shut down McDavid and Drysidle that one game in Philly that we won in a shootout. So I guess they were pretty impressed by that performance as well. I think you certainly have to consider that, right? I mean, you just have well, to. He's probably late first, but that I, sure I, I wouldn't do I'm that. Sure, that's still crazy. I don't want to. I feel like that's counterintuitive to what you're doing with your team, unfortunately, as good value as that is. It just feels very like Pittsburgh piracy, where like they never <laughs> go for it. You know, they are always just, well, we got a good player and he's gone. You know, I got another good player and he's gone. Like, I, I, I just, that, it goes into that realm. I get over it. Don't get me wrong. I get over it, but you know, I, I lean towards no. I mean, he's he's still young, been in the league for I guess a year and a half or so, and I mean, by all the defensive analytic metrics, he's like top three, top five best defensive forward in the game. So I wouldn't do it, but uh, it is interesting. He was a fifth round pick, and he's already worth a first. That's pretty good asset management. Wow. So you have to use it. So you're saying you would do it, Trav? No, I would not. Wait, would Trav, not. who drafted him? That would be Big Ron Hextall. <laughs> Look at that. Weird. Fifth that round, 2017. So I'm, I'm getting some hate for that one. When is uh, is he's going to be 25 in February of next year? He's due for a contract this offseason. He's RFA. It is an interesting situation. I mean, it's how what what do we think Noah Cates's upside is? Let's just let's just try to figure this out. Is he ever going to be Sean Couturier? Do you think? Honestly, I, I no. Think it could so. be Sean Couturier light though, potentially. Okay. Uh, well, let's well, let's figure out what that is though. Like, um, really what's Sean Couturier center? light? Third line center. Really good third line center, shutdown center. Okay. Pitches in offensively. I, I mean, I would say if we're talking prime Coots, first line center, first line shutdown center. Oh, that's Coots. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, see yeah, it. yeah. Oh, yeah. my bad. I misunderstood. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm saying like what light Coots could be if Noah Cates is that. I mean, I already, I, I already think he's one of the best shutdown centers in the game. Yeah, he could like really perfect his craft. Like and, he, uh, he deserves some serious Selkie uh, consideration. I don't think he finished top three, but he should be in there. That's great. That's awesome. I mean, I mean, you want to trade first for that now? You know, I, it's hard though because who knows if he actually gets there. But like I said, with his his age and how long he's been in the organization, like, why? Yeah, why? I mean, well, let's. That's what I mean. Like, let's really try to figure this out because he's obviously it was a rookie last season, but he's no spring chicken really age wise. Like I said, it'll be twenty five through next season. Let's say he gets. If the Flyers are smart, maybe they lock him up to a Lawton type deal now, right? What was Lawton's deal? Five years, something, three million a year. Yep. I could see. I would give that to Kate's right now. Well, that's Five just year deal or three million. We're, 
were discussing possibly trading Lawton and the guy that you have in your organization to replace him and do the thing that you're worried about trading Lawton for potentially, you know, do you trade them both? And then it feels like, well, I mean, the value is certainly there, but you're, what you're worried about is you're taking these good guys out of your organization. Obviously Lawton has more effect, but I like what I'm seeing in Kate's It'd be a good combination of certain plays we liked and, could help usher these other guys in. So I know 25 is not that too bad. So it's maybe he can do what we're worried about with Lawton and you could move on from Lawton. Ev, anything? I just, I, I lean towards no, just because he's a 25 year old guy and he's already one of the best shutdown centers in the league. And if you trade him for a first to Edmonton, it's probably going to be at the back of the draft, you would think. So I don't know. I, I lean towards no. I, I go back and forth on this all the time. Sometimes I want to see Cates back on the wing just because we saw more offense when he was there. That's his natural position. And he's a really good four checker. And usually like you want that as your, you know, your F1, that's usually a winger. But he's like, he just became a center this season. And he's already one of the best shutdown centers in the league. So, I don't think he gets to a Coots level, but like, I wouldn't be surprised just because of how good he was his first year at center. I'm trying. I see. Like, I'm I'm trying to think here. How I much mean, better? How much better could he possibly? I'm I'm gonna try to play some devil's advocate because, like I said, I wasn't a Kate's believer before the season, and how could you not be one? You know, after the season, um, is this a, is this an example of hey? you had something that maybe you shouldn't have or didn't expect to have somebody's offering you a first round pick for it now like you guys said it, it'll end up being a late first round pick so you're, you're gambling again right and it's like okay would you rather gamble and get a first round talent or would you rather keep the guy that you know you kind of know what you have and maybe he's going to keep get, uh, continue getting better offensively and, uh, you know, he drafted him in the fifth round. He's been been in your organization for six, seven years. So, he, you know, he knows the organization. I think he still wants some of those guys around as long as they like playing here kind of thing. I don't know. It, it is a tough one. It, it's, it's not an easy decision, that's for sure. Uh, but if you're accumulating assets, see, he's like right on the cusp because he's not – if he was like 22, 23, maybe he'd be like no-brainer, like, nah, he's part of the rebuild. But at 24, he's going to be 25 next year, depending on what his next contract ends up being. It's a tough one, right? It's I don't think it's as cut and dry. You it's know? not. If he, like, turned around and asked for, like, a lot of money, I'd be pissed. <laughs> if he doesn't – and I'm talking at any time during his fire career, not his next contract necessarily. But, like, I feel like you have guys on – these kind of guys on your team until, like, their mid-30s, you know, and I, that's 10 years. Like, so I get, I'd be okay – keeping them. I think they feel the same way. You know, you can get all the first round picks you want and miss. And this is a guy saying that who loves doing that, not missing, obviously, but like, you know, I you could happen when you have, you know, one in the hands worth more than two in the bush. Right. You know, I mean, he, he's not an all-star, but you still need these kind of players. That's why teams are offering first round picks. Playoff teams are offering first round picks that have the skill in the first two lines that you still need that grit in your bottom two lines and that, that, you know, never give up attitude and whatnot that everybody – certain players and guys who can shut shut players down. We saw a young Coots do it to Malkin 
in 2012. Like that was great. Like that team, that Pittsburgh team should have went to the cup and we beat them in the first round. Like Coots had a lot to do with that. So I, I like that. You know, I think they, they, if you trade him, you're pushing back your real world potentially a little bit if you miss on picks, but to have him and have him, he could get better. He seems to be getting better every year. I want to see more of him. He's only, I love the point Travis made up that he just, he just started playing center and look what he's doing already. Like that's true. That's incredible. What that's else? Do? So, and he's he also a guy that was a fifth round pick. I remember hearing about him way back when he was the star of some tournament and it was so minor that I, you know, I didn't think anything of it. Such a dark horse candidate. And here he is like, Worth a first round pick. Like, get the hell out of here. So, I kind of want to see the story keep going in the Flyers uniform on top of that. All right. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. I, I think I'm, you guys are maybe convincing me here. Yeah. And the Flyers need centers. He could be a good second, at worst, third line guy, you know? So, uh, yeah. Why not? Maybe Morgan Frost pans out. All of a sudden, Flyers have two of their four centers already panned out. So there are two more players we want to touch on because there were some rumors circulating, one a little bit more popular, and that was Travis Konechny, also rumored to Edmonton, or Edmonton's kicking the tires on Travis Konechny. That was reported by our buddy Anthony DeMarco. Uh, thoughts on that? Anything that you guys would want to see back in a return for uh, Travis Konechny? And we'll start with our own Travis on this one. Uh I don't know. You you would hope. I mean, they don't have a first this year, and like we just talked about, so that that kind of hurts any startup for me. But as a fan of Travis Konechny, if he does get traded, I'd love to see him go play with Connor McDavid and light the world on fire. I mean, he he's he's fast as all hell, so he could definitely play on a line with McDavid and them guys just shooting. Like I don't know. You just think about it. It, it would be exciting hockey to watch. But yeah, as a return. I'd have to really be wowed, and I'm not sure what Edmonton's prospects are like. Um, I know they're trying to get rid of Yamamoto, and that would be a cap dump, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe – I don't I don't know. I, I don't know what a return would look like, but it would have to be a first, a second, and a high-end prospect for me to even, like, consider it. I would agree. Uh, Jack, similar thoughts? What are you thinking here? As for a return, yeah. I saw a couple of proposed deals that I think involved – was it Bouchard? I might be confusing it with another deal. Mm. Um, it was Broberg. Broberg. Broberg, thank you. Excuse me. Uh, yes, and uh, with the draft picks. And I you know, I could see that, I guess. I'm a little – I don't know how I feel about that. I have to do some more research. I remember Broberg in his draft, but once he was drafted, out of sight, out of mind. I think there's um, questions about his work ethic. I yeah. thought somebody said that he wouldn't survive towards his uh, camp. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, wow. That's not good. I didn't yeah. say that. Like, like, I don't want to hear that in a, pro- a potential return. But the other thing I thought was if they were to acquire TK, I'm like, this this team would be really good in the 80s. Like, I think they would be in the cup a lot. You know? <laughs> and shocker, it's the Oilers. It's not that they can play themselves. But it, I, where's the defense? Where's the goaltending? I thought they were on heart. Now they're on a connecting. Like, are they going to do something with maybe more defense potentially? Like, that was my next thought. I'm like, man, they just are loading up on offense. I, I mean, I kind of like it. I like to see it. I don't think it's going to work at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, I wasn't too impressed with the prospects, and I kind of like that's where they're going to trade him to. I, I just don't see it happening. I actually, talking about the Carter Hart thing to Edmonton, I I, I kind of 
sit back on that just because I like Stuart Skinner and he, he was an all-star in his, I think it was his rookie season. So I feel like if you're giving him give up on him already, it's kind of like what we did to Bob forever long ago, back in 2011, 2012, whatever. Um, like, I, I don't know if he's going to win two Vesnas, but like, are you really giving up on Stuart Skinner already just because of one bad playoff? So okay. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really see, and I get the whole connection for Carter Hart up there. And isn't isn't Konechny from Western Canada too? Isn't he from around Vancouver or something? He, uh, I have to go back and look. He lives in Calgary, but I think he's from Toronto, if I'm not wrong. Okay, all right. Um, so yeah, Carter Hart. I I don't see a trade there. Number one, Konechny. I I would assume automatically Edmonton tosses in their first round pick next year, potentially their second round pick. I mean, they have no, they have no picks until the sixth round in this year's draft, six and seven, six and seven. Really? Round. Yeah, no, they're uh, actually, I'm sorry. They have a second round pick. That's it. Second is six and a seventh. Hmm. Uh, and next year we're looking at a first round pick, second round pick, and then no picks to the fifth, two picks in the sixth. So, I mean, the cupboard's looking pretty bear there for Edmonton but I mean you have Connor McDavid you need to go all in he's in his prime 26 years old uh three years left on his contract if you don't win a cup at least one cup while Connor McDavid is there absolute failure um of an organization uh Edmonton has 5.9 million in projected cap space now they have two uh three RFAs to sign one being Evan Bouchard who I'm sure is going to get paid uh, so it's going to be tough for them to fit in. Yeah, they're, they're going to have, they're to, gonna have to get rid of Yamamoto. Yeah, it was a solid sure. player a couple of years ago. Yeah, and you know maybe a, so the Flyers they could take on guys like this. Yamamoto is signed for one more year at three point one million trade deadline guy. He's an yeah. RFA actually in 2024, 2025. So you know they could do something with with Yamamoto. They don't have to resign him. They could maybe ship him off. Turn him around. Yeah, there you go. So exactly. So the the you know the Flyers coming out and admitting that they're in this situation, actually having a direction. These are the options that are available to them because typically you'd be like, well, you know, if you trade for Yamamoto, then you got to resign him. It's already making three point one. No, you trade for him with one year left on his deal. Flip him next year. Trade deadline guy. So they're in a good position for the for these kind of deals. They can broker some things. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I'm definitely going to keep an eye on it, on Edmonton as far as connecting. And who knows, maybe even Carter Hart. We'll see. Um, but the third name that came up hasn't really been so much out in the open. And uh, I want to kind of, as a comparison for this uh, name in Travis Sanheim, the Damon Severson trade guys to Columbus. Now he was only traded for a third round pick, but the contract he signed, I believe, was almost identical to Travis Sanheim's. And I think a lot of us are thinking Travis Sanheim's untradeable right now. That contract is albatross, right? Um, now, I haven't watched much of Severson, obviously only when he plays the Flyers. He's a, a right-shot defenseman, 28 years old. Um, I think his, uh, his numbers offensively have been slightly better than Provorov's throughout his career. 40-point um, season back in 2021-22, but mainly a, a 30 point defenseman scored 11 goals twice. Um, so if, if New Jersey can move Severson and I, I think Columbus or New Jersey signed them to that deal and then 
traded him to Columbus. They they um they did all that for the Blue Jackets. Um, why can't the Flyers trade Sanheim? You know, maybe it's not a bad of a, a deal as we thought, right? Or or no. Um. So Severson, I just kind of look at as like a, a good two way defender, not a big point producer, but he's he's a good offensive player, uh, good on both sides of the puck. I think the third round pick was because he was a pending free agent, so it's he didn't have a ton of trade value, but you were able right. to work to sign and trade. Sure. Um, I don't know it. It is tough. Like I would move Sanheim if you can. But at the same time, like I don't really want Cam York playing on the top pair no. with like Rista Linen or some Ronnie Adder. Like if you're moving Sandheim, you're throwing Cam Cam York right into the fire. And I do not think that's good for his development. Now he he did play a good chunk of last year on the top pair. And I actually thought he played well, but like He's still very young, very inexperienced. I don't think he should be your number one defenseman this early in his career. I don't think that's a good way to develop him. So I, I kind of think about that when you're talking about trading Sandheim. Now, if someone came to Danny B and said, we'll give you a third round pick, like I'd probably do it. And that that's slow offer wise when you look at the talent, but he's just, he's so inconsistent and the contract is so insane like I think you're just better off waiting a year. I hope Brad Shaw can fix him, and then you move him. That's what I would do. So when you say fix him, what do you want him to fix exactly? Uh so when when you watch Travis Sanheim, and it changes on a game to game basis, but when you watch him, you can tell early in the first period if he's going to have a good game or not, whether he's skating the puck up the ice and joining mm-hmm. the rush. Mm-hmm. That he, Bradshaw needs to just like instill that in his head, and maybe he's not able to. I think that's very possible because Travis Sanheim's been around for a handful of years now, and it seems like it changes on a year-to-year, game-to-game basis, whether it's good, bad, in the middle. Like it, He's a very, very inconsistent player. If they can make him play – like he did Ristolainen's first year. Was that 21-22? Yeah, I think so. If they can get him to play like that level, you you could probably get a first and a prospect for Sanheim, I think. Then the contract doesn't look bad. It looks bad right now because of how poor he played last year, and it was pretty obvious Torts didn't really like him. Um, so when I say fix, get him back to what he played at two years ago, improve the trade value. The contract doesn't look bad anymore. There you go. I think the, the word that answers both questions is consistency. What, and you, you talked all about it, Travis. I mean, I just couldn't agree with any more what you said. You, if you're going to fix Anaheim, it's definitely his consistency. Definitely. It is on, you do not know who you're getting. And if I'm going to trade for a guy for eight years, which is why I can't see a team, taking on Travis Sanheim, which is why if they offer you something, you probably got to take it. I totally agree with York, but like from this perspective, you got to take it where, you know, you're getting in Severson. Like he, you can rely on him. He does He plays his game. You know, exactly. He's a guy you can commit to for eight years. Sanheim was a totally different story. You don't know what you're getting. I can't see another team signing on for that long. Those dollars, not that it's earth shattering, but that's a long time and a lot of money. 
can't see that with it that inconsistent of a player. I cannot see that happening. So if it comes along, I would be shocked if they didn't take it. Yeah, I have to admit, I would be shocked if Sandheim was moved. Um, but I was also shocked at the return at the uh, that Provorov brought back. You know, so I don't know. I think teams are going to call, and I mean, why not use the Severson trade as a starter? Hey, I know Sandheim's already signed is a year younger, but his offensive numbers have been nowhere close to Severson. Uh, you can't, so these are the negatives. You can't, you can't have Sandheim on your power play. He's just not a power play guy. He is shot. Can't get to the net. It's very easy to defend on the power play. Um, I mean, what does he do five on five defensively? He, he gets pushed around. I think, you know, when you think of Travis Sanheim, you think of two-way defensemen, right? He he can jump into the rush. Like you said, Trav, when he gets going off, you know, when he's uh, carrying the puck down the down the ice into the offensive zone, that's when you know Travis Sanheim's on his game. Um, in my opinion, he always looked the best three-on-three because three, he had all that open space. He's like a gazelle when he gets going. Unfortunately, five-on-five, five, you know, you don't have all that space. And um, I don't know. Yeah, he was a guy that's he's he's a guy that's been in our in the flyer system for a long time, and I just never I just never understood it with Travis Sanheim. I never got it. Like, what does Sanheim actually do? What does he do? And we uh, Tom uh, Tom from HW uh, he asked AI oh, yeah. what what does Travis <laughs> Sanheim do and. And, you know, Tom comes, he comes up with this whole explanation from AI and, you know, I'm reading through it and, you know, of course it's giving reasons, but after when I'm done, I'm like, okay, not even AI can tell you specifically what Travis Anheim does or what he's good at. Like, what does he do? He's just kind of a guy and he's making a lot of money to be just a guy, you know, like there's something that he should be good at. Why did you sign him for eight years? 6.25 for what reason? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't sell me on Travis Sanheim. You can't. So if there's a team out there that wants to come along and offer you a three to get rid of his entire contract, you jump at it. In my opinion, uh, I know that sounds shitty, but make up for it somewhere else. Jim was playing devil's advocate the whole time. (laughs) You saw the seventh trade and you, you jumped for joy. Yeah. Cause I'm like, Oh, Eight-year deal, 6.25 for Damon Severson. Because I'll be honest, I never thought that guy was worth that much money. Right? Did you guys? I mean, he's been on the Devils for years. Did you ever think, oh, that's a centerpiece for the Devils? No, I always thought, all right, that's in that best second-pair defenseman, honestly. I think he played on a power play up there, so maybe he's even a little bit more valuable than Travis Sanheim. I'm like, I'm sure I underrated him. I just didn't realize I underrated him that much. Like, geez. Yeah, I mean, I, I think New Jersey knew that they – Probably couldn't get a deal done. I think he wanted to actually go out west. Western Canada is what I think I read. Mm. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, everybody's got a number. If he's going to make that kind of money with those kind of years, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll go to Columbus. Why not? It's like you kind of look at Sandheim's career, and it's like, okay, 17, 18 is his rookie year. He played a handful of games, and he, he really wasn't good. He ended up getting sent down. Then 18, 19 – Starts on the third pair with Gudis. They're really effective. He ends up playing on the top pair with Provorov to end the year. I thought it was a pretty good year for him. Then you go to 1920. Start of the year, he's on your second 
second pair with Niskanen. It didn't work. They put him with Braun. Didn't work. Phil Myers gets called up, and they're probably the – I mean, not the best, but, like, they were a really effective second pair, one of the yep. best second pairs in the league. Then you go to the next season, and the both of them are absolutely terrible. Then you go to the following season. He's on your second pair again with Ristolainen now. Phil Myers is gone, and I think that was Sandheim's best year. So Chuck gives him this huge contract before he ever plays for Torts, and you just kind of look at his career – Bad year, good year, inconsistent year, bad year. It's like, why would you give a guy like that eight years at that kind of cap hit? And then he followed it up this year with a terrible season. I feel like Fletcher was sticking it to us because we also, towards that also came out, said he wanted to evaluate everybody. And then they, he gets signed. It's like, well, you didn't evaluate him the season. What the hell's going on? So, yeah, so that doesn't make any sense either. That was how dysfunctional this family was not so long ago. (laughs) No, you're right. That's a clear case of dysfunction. You signed to a deal before he ever plays a game for the coach. And uh, yeah, just under under underwhelming, I think, is the word that comes to mind when I think of Sanheim because he doesn't necessarily bother me. Like Shane Gossespierre used to bother me. He he would have some really good plays, but you know, the negatives kind of canceled out the positives with ghosts sometimes. Like I I like I loved him as his rookie year. He was electric, but he just wasn't that all the time. And that bothered me. When I think of Sanheim, just, it just, you know, there's nothing there. Just why is he here? So I don't know if you can get a third. Yeah, go for it. I mean, that cap space is going to be valuable. Cool about the cap space. Yeah. To get out of that cap space. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And then to go to the York point, I mean, you, you could always go sign someone like John Klingberg for a huge one-year contract. Just so you're not rushing York. Maybe you get yourself a trade deadline chip. I love that you it, said that. And it's only a one-year thing, so it's not gonna. It's not a you know a bad contract that's gonna kill you in the future. I love that you said that, Trav. I mean, there's there's going to be guys available out there uh, where the Flyers can do that with. Because uh, you're right. Like they need to protect York somehow, and uh, it. I'll also be interested if they keep York around, to be honest. Like, uh, oh. you know, can he play for Torts? Who knows? Who knows, man? Who knows what's going to happen these next bunch of years? But, uh, yeah, it's going to be weird with even Sanheim and Ristolainen as your first, peer, uh, first yeah. pair. Like, that is a <laughs> – my God. Like, hey, that if, is a, if you're trying to tank, I mean, that, that's a great <laughs> yeah. first pair to tank with. <laughs> that's very true. It's okay. Very true. Okay, let's move on. So, uh, kind of touched on, the, you know, getting a year – uh, trading players a, a year before. Let's get to the draft here. Uh, this is this would have been why for the two, 2023 draft. The Flyers now have two picks in this draft. That pick seven and twenty-two. Uh, in my opinion, uh, the field is somewhat narrowed a bit at seven. Some new uh, information, if you will, has maybe surfaced or or maybe not. Uh, we've kind of talked to some of our guys behind the scenes to figure out which teams like who. Uh, but, you know, I, I think by now the listeners know who we kind of like. Uh, Jack, you're kind of uh, jumping on the um, Brian Leonard train of late. Uh, Oliver Moore, still a guy. Yeah. Oliver Moore, still a guy that we like. Um, 22. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? What is going on? What is going like, on? Like, could you imagine if somehow they get Leonard at seven and more at 22? 
I would die. I'd be done. That's it. That'd be the perfect first round. Oh, um, so kind of kicking around some things uh, yesterday. It sounds it sounds like Arizona really likes Reinbacher a lot, right? now. We're, so we're in the stage where we're hearing teams like certain guys. Obviously, the draft combine was just completed. Um, it sounds like Montreal likes um, – if, if Will Smith is not there, of course. It sounds like they like Ryan Leonard and David Reinbacher. I'm sure there's some smoke there because if you know if Smith is there, of, of course, um, or maybe they're trying to get teams to trade up who want Ryan Leonard also. Who knows? Phoenix, uh, I'm sorry, Arizona also likes Ryan Bacher. Um, so that would leave players like um, Zach Benson. And who's the other guy I'm missing here? Michkov. Oh, my God. I was going to say, did you do it on purpose? <laughs> the potentially second best player in this draft. That would leave Zach Benson and Michkov sitting there at seven amongst other players. Um, I put a poll out, and I'll get to those results in a second, but I want to ask you guys, start with Jack here first. Jack, if Matt Vi Michkov and Zach Benson are sitting there at seven, who do you take? Michkov, and I don't even waste a second. Wow. See, I love that. That's what I want to hear because I think he's the guy. Trav, you're thinking the same way. I think we may have talked about yeah, this before. Completely agree. And seeing some stuff on Twitter that Danny doesn't want him, I don't think that's true at all. I think there's a serious chance that if Michkov's there, he has a good chance of being a flyer. That's that's who I want. That's got to be the pick if he's there. I If yeah. he slips past seven, you're giving him to a division rival is what's happening. Because Washington, you know Washington's going to scoop them up. And now you're going to be playing against Washington. I'm yeah. not even like thinking about anybody else, and I probably won't until Michkov's off the board if that actually happens. That's the guy I want. Superstar. Um, so I know a lot of people out there are, you know, they're they're scared and uh, you know, fear drives a lot of um frankly poor decisions. You know, maybe uh, sometimes those fears come true. Uh, but in two to three years, the world could look a lot different. Who knows? So let's get to the poll results here real quick. Uh, who would you take? Meech, Culver, Benson. I asked Twitter. 601 votes. We have one day left. A whopping 72.4% said that they would take Meech, Culver, with the seventh pick over Zach Benson. Uh, Zach Benson getting, of course, 27.6%. Now, honestly, I thought that was going to be a lot closer. I was, uh, I guess, pre uh, pleasantly surprised that. Michkov took home three quarters of that vote, just over three quarters. So he's the guy. I mean, Zach Benson is no slouch. So I think don't that's get me actually, wrong. I think Benson could be a good fit. You know, people are saying that he's going to become an elite playmaker in the league. You got guys with elite shots: Forster, Gauthier, yep. Tippett, Konechny. Like it could be a good fit there. So I have to give. I'm going to give a shout out. Because I've mentioned the, this particular person on the show, not by name, because I'm not a big fan of naming the negative things about people. But um, in this case, somebody compared Zach Benson to Claude Giroux. And my initial thought when somebody does that is, will you stop it? Can you stop doing that? Please. Because like, Claude Giroux is the only you know, uh, super, whatever you want to call him, the only star player you've seen in the last 10, 15 years. Now you're going to, you know, destroy this kid by comparing him to Claude Drew. If the Flyers take him, if he's not putting 80, 90 points up a season, he's doomed from the start. So I'm like, 
All right. Let me let me watch this kid a little bit because of the I think six, seven, eight guys named uh, in this draft, the top ten in the draft. I haven't really watched Zach Benson uh, at all, and so I went back and watched. Of course, it was highlights, so everything's going to be good. Um, but I can see the comparison a little bit. The vision is there. The creativity is there. The uh, tenacity is there. Like like in the beginning of Jeru's career, he had that. He had an. Uh, he always had an attitude, but he wasn't afraid to get physical. I think as he got older, of you know, understandably so, he was a little bit less uh, played with less physicality. Uh, Benson, I think, is an elite playmaker, and like you said, you pair that up with the Tippets, with the Foresters, with the Farabies, maybe, and uh, yeah, he's what the Flyers are missing. He, the Flyers, I think, for years have been very vanilla, right? You add a guy like Benson who, like I, as I mentioned, is very creative and sees things that maybe other people don't on the ice. Could be a very good addition. I guess what I'm getting at is here, if it's Meechkov or Benson, sure, I'll be disappointed they didn't pick Meechkov, but I'll be uh, I'll be very, very happy with Zach Benson at pick seven, Jack. Would you? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm not sure who will be on the board at the time, but if he's there and they take him, I have zero qualms with that. I've, it, the only odd thing is I've seen him ranked anywhere from the start of you know draft season, anywhere from like fifth to fifteenth, and I don't understand why. Everything I read on him is something I feel like a team would want, and I do believe he's going to definitely go top ten. But it's just odd to see him all over the place. Um, if they do wind up with him, I would hope that Mitchkov is gone. Uh, however, I would still be very happy with that pick. Yeah, and so, excuse me. I will just do a quick little mock-up here. So I, I I would like to later on this week put out something official, but just how I kind of see this draft kind of unfolding a bit. Obviously, Bedard goes one. Ventilli goes two. Carlson, three. That's basically cemented right now. Four, let's assume San Jose goes Will Smith. I don't know for a fact that they'll go Will Smith, but let's just assume. I think that would be a, a bad thing in this draft if Will Smith goes for because I think Montreal would go Smith if he's available. So, but let's just say San Jose goes uh, Will Smith at five. Okay, now we're going to see. Does the dream die for me? And and now Jack and Travis. Mm-hmm. Does Montreal take Ryan Leonard at five? It sounds like they may. They love him, right? Again, if Will Smith is there, he's the pick. The GM loves him. He's, he's a Boston guy, yada, yada. Marco, Marco told, us all, told us all about this. Let's just say Ryan Leonard goes five and the dream is dashed. I think Arizona goes Ryan Bacher at six, and there you go. You're left with Benson and Michkov at seven. That's insane. Yeah. Your worst case scenario is a hell of a hell of a decision. <laughs> so it, it is crazy because, you know, a month or two ago, you go Bedard. Uh, Michkov's a top four pick. Um, Benson goes fifth. And then, I don't know if Arizona goes sixth with Reinbacher again, let's say. You're looking at Ryan Leonard's obviously the guy. But now, I got to be honest, if it's Benson or Michkov, I'm just as excited, I think, as I would be with Leonard. I mean, those guys were projected to go before him. You know, my whole thing was hey, if, if Leonard is the consolation, perfectly fine with that. He's going to be a hell of a player. But if Benson or Meechkov fall into your lap, Flyers are getting a stud regardless at seven, which is yeah. amazing. Um, I think 
this is I think that if I was the Montreal GM, I would take Michkov because then I got Michkov, Slavkovsky, Caulfield, and Suzuki. That's the best young core in the NHL. Like, I, I, I think that would be crazy if they pass up on him, but who knows? Yeah, I, so I wonder if they're a little bit further along in things and maybe they don't want to wait. But, uh, you know, from, from, from what I've been told and from what I've read – it looks like they want to go for one of these BC guys, whether it's Leonard or Smith. So fortunately or unfortunately, you know, we'll see what happens. But pick 22 now, guys. Now I have to get up the uh, draft rankings here, unless one of you guys has it up already. Um, there's some good players available at 22. Do you guys have anybody in mind who you'd like to see the Flyers choose? If, uh, oh, more, baby. <laughs> Mr. Number seven becomes Mr. Number two, 22, excuse me. Uh, yeah, that would be phenomenal. Cause a couple of mocks showing at least in the late teens. Get out. Really? Do you, do you remember which ones? Cause I'm, I'm trying to well, look up. The one was definitely thinking. Corey Promen. I think he had him at like 16 or 17. Okay. So I'm going to just look up our buddy, Russ Cohen's rankings here. Shout out Russ Cohen. Is at the combine? Um, did a great job covering that. I was actually going to try to go to that. Um, actually heard back from the NHL PR guy and everything, but if you go on the NHL, you have to go through the NHL site, and for whatever reason, they just never emailed me back. I guess I'm not big league enough. Hmm. All right, here we go. Uh, no, this is not the draft ranking. Sorry, false false alarm. Um, it's going to take me a minute, I guess, here. Trying to help you. Man, Russ really covered this combine. I do not see In the meantime, a all over the How's that? Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, there you go, yeah. All right. He was getting the edge. we did. Andrew Kopp, uh, Brady Kachuk, uh, Matthew Joseph, Lundquist, Brandon Hagel, Nick Kazuski. Oh, there you go. <laughs> wow, I barely got that one out. Teddy Bluger and Michael Backlund. What a horrible, horrible Yeah, that's a rough that. one. That's a rough Jesus one. Jesus Christ. All right, Jim, did you find it yet? I just Googled it because that's not coming <laughs> up on Twitter. <laughs> All right, here we go. Quentin, I'm going to open up another pack here. <laughs> this, this is dead radio. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that before. Yeah, go ahead. Open up another pack. I found young it. Gun. Give me a young gun. Let's go. Kyle Oposo. Jonathan Taze. Ryan Strom. Uh, Robbie Fabry, Sam Bennett, James Van Riemsdyk. That's fun. That's fun. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Ooh, Jonathan Druin. What a suck ass. I thought Druin was going to be such a good player. Yeah, I remember that trade like it was yesterday. I remember that draft. I thought he should have went too. Oh, All right. Let's see. So currently at number 22, I have Otto Stenberg. Oh, dude, I would love that. Center, Swedish center, right? He captained, I think, the Sweden yeah. uh, team during the, what was it, the under-18 tournament a couple months ago. I would love that pick. I think he's exactly what the Flyers need, especially if they're going to be trading a guy like Scott Lawton. So this is Russ's rankings. He actually has more. Oliver Moore going at 8 and Ryan Letter going at 10. He loved more. Ryan Backer at 14. Um, guy I had a little bit about Matthew Wood going at 20, almost in range there. 
Uh, Nate Danielson, who's a name that people were associating with seven for some odd reason, he's going as late as 27. So if the Flyers really do like him, 22 could become an option. So I have something to say about that real quick. So I noticed in uh, Russ's con- one of Russ's combine articles, the Flyers talked to a lot of players, but they didn't talk to Nate Danielson. So I asked Russ, does that necessarily mean the Flyers are not interested in this player? And he said, yes, that's usually an indication that they are not interested. <laughs> so maybe Nate Danielson's not on the Flyers board and, you know, unless they talk before or something, but. Where the hell did all those rumors come from then? Right. Yeah. At seven, mind you, not 22. Yep. Yeah. I was surprised to hear that too. That's why I, I had to ask. Cause I, I'm glad you cleared that up. Cause I'm like, yeah, now, okay. I'll definitely discard that crap. But who knows? I mean, who knows? Maybe he's just not the style of player that they're looking for. But they, and we know that they need centers. What do who you called him Nolan Patrick 2.0? Is that you, Trev? No, but I have seen that on Twitter. Okay. I think Shane writes Nolan Patrick 2.0. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, what do you guys think about Quentin Musty? Go for him. Russ had him at number nine in his oh, rankings. Wow. Do you remember? Still does. He but still he's a does. winger. So he's a winger. It's the only he's thing. A- I, can't, I, can't, I don't know. They go wing. Remember he said he's a he's a guy that nobody really watched. So you know, not a lot of people had him high up in their rankings. He's he's a Buffalo kid. He said he was going to perform well at the combine, and maybe come out of his shell a little bit. Um, he's a big kid. It, he's a big kid too, isn't he? Can skate. Mm-hmm. I yeah. If they get him at twenty two, but you're right, the winger thing. If they go, if they take two wingers in the first round, it's kind of like well, we still need centers here, guys. What I mean, about if you're creative uh, enough? You can move things around. You really just get the best player available. Yeah, right. But you know, but you know, I just where it currently stands. I don't. I don't see it unless they really love him and he's fell. There you go. Stenberg would be a great pick at twenty-two. I agree. I think he might be. He might be my guy that I wanted twenty-two. Now I've seen him a little bit lower, like twenty-six, twenty-seven. But I think he's a character guy. Maybe potential assistant captain, captain type player. That'd be a great pick. I, I agree. Kates. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially. I mean, yeah. Jeez. Do you guys like uh, Callum Ritchie? Yeah. He's a, so he's another guy I haven't watched a lot, but his name comes up. So, and he's a center, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he related to the other Richies? Do you know? Am I putting Not you on sure. the spot with that? Not sure. Sure. Um, somewhere, somewhere back there, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'd be cool with that. I, I've heard good things, but like I said, I haven't watched any of them. You know, oh, here we go. A plethora. Carts 88. Carts 88. Thanks for hanging out, buddy. We've we've seen you on here before. We appreciate you checking in. Uh, Musty, Goliath, Steinberg, Brindley are the four players I like at 22. I've seen Brindley's name come up um, of on, late. Russ hasn't ranked one spot above Sten- Stenberg. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Um, so Russ had made a point to say the Flyers did talk to him and so did the Rangers. So the player that teams like later on in the draft, Gulayev isn't, so wasn't silver. The guy that was talking up Gulayev as the really, uh, Russian Makar something like that a while back. So that would be an interesting thing, but here's, here's my thing. We're worried that Michkov's not going to come over, but Gulayev, so, you know, he's just going to come over whenever he wants. You know what I mean? And Russ is top 45. I can't find him. And I've oh. seen similar things to Simashev, the the other Russian D. People are like, oh, if the Flyers can snag him at 22, yeah, sure. He's just going to waltz on over? <laughs> That's right? interesting, like, yeah. Come on. So, yeah, it, it is interesting. But I, I like that Cart said musty there too. So, 
Yeah, the uh, the only down thing for me would be all right. Well, two more wingers here. What are we doing? You know, we need centers and we need right D. Uh, would you guys be upset if the Flyers went Reinbacher at seven? Yes. Yeah, I want Mitch Goff. <laughs> I want Mitch Goff. <laughs> I I'll be honest, like. I don't get into the drafts as much as I used to. I think part of that's because I was so high on Nolan Patrick and it was a flop as well as like, if you go on YouTube and you search up uh 2018 redraft, 2012 redraft, like it's never actually the top five or in the top five redraft. So it's kind of just like, I never really get into it as much as I used to anymore. Like why I'm asking you guys, like, a lot of these guys who are projected to go in the back half of the first round, like I personally don't know a lot about them. I know Richie, I know Musty, but outside of that, I don't know too many of the other guys. So I'm just kind of trust whoever Danny takes at 22 because I trust him. That's just kind of how I look at it right now. So here's something interesting for you. And the Flyers hurt you. That's basically what you're saying, Travis. A little bit, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like Adam Kimmelman, who is the Flyers beat reporter for NHL.com. In NHL.com's mock draft, Kimmelman has the Flyers taken Lucas Dragicevich, Dragi however you say that, uh, who played in the WHL for Tri-City, defenseman, 6'1", 190 pounds. And Kimmelman writes, has a top-end offensive game with the skating, hands, and vision that help him excel at creating scoring chances off the rush and on the power play. Plays a bit of a high-risk, high-reward style, but the Flyers need to take chances as as they add more talent and creativity to their prospect group. Now, Dragicevich is a guy that I've heard his name come up before, um, going back a couple months now. I haven't watched him play, but uh, I think Russ even liked him. I think Russ brought him up during one of the times we have. we got to have him back on at least one more time. we got him ranked 29th. Okay. So, defenseman. Um, I'll be honest. I don't know him at all. Okay. I don't, really, I don't really either, but to answer your question, like this kind of ties into what you're asking us now because he's ranked 29th. I think he might be a little bit later. I'm more inclined for them to reach a little bit, not a lot, no Jay O'Brien's here, <laughs> but, you know, to reach for especially if it's defense at 22 than I am seven. So I would be pretty disappointed with uh, Ryan Backer at seven because one, I thought I heard his ceiling was. Uh, you know, second line guy, second line pairing, second pairing guy. Um, where you have these forwards coming out that are like next level, and you're gonna fart around on D. Like, come on, like, you know, and what scares me a little bit is they Keith Jones had said they want to build with a strong defense. I, I just hope that they, and I, I agree with that to an extent, I just hope that doesn't deter them from better players because that's stupid, in my opinion, especially when you're drafting this high. They go forward at seven. And then they want to poke around at D at 22. I'm not against that. I'm not against them moving up. And I don't know how you do this. I don't know what a trade would look like, but I really like Axel Sandy and Pelica. If you could move up and get that guy. So ranked higher on than uh, Ryanbacker on Russ's list. He's got, I I agree with that. Yeah. Pelica at 11, Ryanbacker at 14. He's got him as the highest rated defenseman in the whole draft. So, so here's something crazy for you guys. I'm still looking at this NHL one. Now, this is Mike Morreale and Adam Kimmelman doing this together. Morreale has Sandine Pelica going 15 to the Nashville Predators. 
even a little bit more surprising here is uh, Adam Kimmelman has Sandine Pelica going 20 to the Seattle Kraken. Oh. If he's available at 20, the Flyers pick 22. Are we seeing a draft day trade? You I think? would hope so. I would hope yeah. they dump him because I don't think he's getting by Seattle. No. I mean, every year there's like a couple guys who fall, and it's like, well, why are they fall? Like, look at Konechny. Yeah. Like, no one really understood why he fell to us, moved up and got him. Like, every year, I mean, I don't see that being Sandine Pelica just because, in my opinion, he is the best D in the draft. If you don't agree with that, I think you'd say he's the second best. So I, I see that being tough for him to fall, but maybe. Yeah. yeah it's going to be fun. Maybe you trade Lawton for another first and jump up. Hey, I don't know. There it is. Yeah, it's some darts. I mean, the, I mean, we're all the way back. I'm looking all the way back to pick – where am I at here? 25, 26. So Kimmelman and Morreale both have – Kalen Ritchie going 25 to the Blues. Um, Gavin Brindley uh, going pick 26, mm, 27 on this one. Musty going all the way back to pick 28. Like there, there are names here. Simashev pick 30. Uh, part of a part of me seeing that part of me feels like let the draft come to you. Maybe not jump yep. up. Sure. You know, see who's there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think we're going to see things cool off a little bit till till the draft, or at least after the Stanley Cup, right, Trav? <laughs> yeah, big Danny B. <laughs> When's the last time you've seen a a blockbuster trade like that in the middle of the Stanley Cup? I I don't remember it happening. I, I could I was trying to think when you said something. I was like, you know what? Like I can't remember the last time that happened. It made me laugh. Danny B. Breaking all the rules. Yep, love it. Well, love him. Fucking love him. So, all right, boys. I think we covered all of our topics for the day. Did we miss anything that you guys want to touch on before uh, do we have any packs left to open? I got a, I got a fat pack. All right, let's get yeah. it open. I'm out of packs, so this is oh. all you tonight. All right. I will try to redeem Jack's shit pat lock, pack lock. <laughs> Please. That was horrible. We have uh, 22-23 Series 2 fat pack. Having trouble getting her open. <laughs> well, while you do that, we have a looks like a plethora of listeners uh, or viewers. If you guys are into upper deck cards or you know collecting a certain type of card, and you had a good week picking packs, let us know who you got in the comments. Yeah, drive floor is yours. All right, we got Riley Smith, Steven Stamkos, Travis Konechny, the goat. It's an omen. Travis Hamanick, Mosider, <laughs> Kaliev, Dobson, Sagan. Evander Kane, my guy D Grant, Derek Grant. Hey, I yo. actually I used to really like him. I met him his power uh, play specialist. Right, uh, Jordan Stahl, Besser, Bertuzzi, Benino, Jake Christensen, Dazzler, Greenway, Gino, Vladar, Nyquist, Suzuki, McAvoy, McCabe, Hints, Colton, McKinnon, Rasmussen, Lil Jizzy. And Eric Robinson, no young guns. There's a wow. rapper in there, a little jizzy. He's a little jizzy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was a flop. Wow, that's a huge flop. flop. I had that last week. But I got two packs left, Jim. Yeah, let's both. rip them. Yeah, let's go. There you go. Ryan McDonough, John Marino, Tom Wilson, PK Sapon. Ooh, I have a. Um, 
rookies, marquee rookies, you know, Michael Hauser. Yeah. Load them up. Nice. Load them up. Load them up. <laughs> Brian Legrin, Colton Scissors, Scissors, Jamie Ben. Scissors. Colton oh, Scissor me. Scissors. Long year, long term deal. Uh, Matthew Highmore of the Canucks. I honestly don't know who that is. Sorry. No, me neither. Uh, Matthew Murray. Pavelski. Oh, we got a Dazzler. We got a Dazzler. Yeah, right, you have to got... get one of these Dazzler cards Haylen that you guys got. Addison. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a cool one. Yeah. His brother got drafted to the Vikings. There you go. Fun fact. Wait, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, brother from another mother. So yeah, definitely another mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the receiver. Okay, need I say more? Yeah. Uh, Jacob Marson, Pavel Zaka with the Devils, Yost and Dylan Larkin. Huh. I mean, I got some pretty cards, but I don't think they're worth much. Dazzler's pretty sick. I've I didn't get one of those. I got those are Whitefield Dazzler. I hope that's something. I opened up two hundred packs worth of cards and I didn't get one Dazzler. I don't, that must be a rare card. Not as rare as Dan. Yeah, Dazzler. they're pretty to me. I don't mm -hmm. think they had Dazzlers in the – I think you're open in 1920s. They didn't do Dazzlers back then. Mm. Well, that was a topic-packed, card-packed, information-packed episode. Uh -huh. It was a lot of fun, that one. I'm broke. Um, yeah, compared to last week where we didn't really have much going on topic-wise. So everyone who stuck with us through this episode, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. It was fun hanging out as always. Uh, anything that we want to chime in with before we close this one out, uh, Jack Trav? I got nothing. All right. Then we did a Go pretty fills. good job. We did our job. Are they winning? Didn't start yet. Oh, yeah, what are they out west? Ten more minutes. Oh, perfect. Diamondbacks. See, see, this is when I love to watch the Phillies, you know? Just sit down at night, relax on the couch, or go to bed, watch a nice late-night Phillies game, relax, maybe get a bowl of ice cream, Ooh, drink a beer, good. right? Ooh, All right. Now we're talking. Beer in the ice cream. I like yep. it. Yeah. Beer float. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One last time, boys and girls, give us a subscribe and follow and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Make sure to turn on your alerts so you're reminded to watch us every week. And don't forget to head on over to hwhockey.net or find all of our social media links in one place over at hoo.be forward slash hwhockey. Uh, as always, HW family, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll be back next week. Uh, most likely a Wednesday next week. Uh, we have something going on Monday and my birthday's on Tuesday. So hey. yeah, we'll, uh, we'll try to get a show in by Wednesday. So keep a, keep an eye out. Then it's not, not our usual episode date. So just uh, don't forget about us. All right. Get outside. Enjoy the weather. Eat your vegetables. Take your vitamins. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Scotty Monroe. Wait, say them again. Scott Monroe. And I went with Ken Reggett. Whoa! Scott Monroe, I don't know when was he from? Oh, 2000.